Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Losing to the best team in the AFC? Well, it could have been worse. Thank you for joining us. This is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. We are happy to be coming back at you once again. Although we're not happy with the result of the last game, Monday night's game against the Chiefs, well, it was a second consecutive Bills loss. I know you were flying high, Big Newt. After those first four games, you felt you felt amazing. You were you were reborn. You were a you were a new man. How are you feeling today? I was glowing, man. And, and now this is the first time we did a pod after two consecutive losses, man. So I don't know how to handle it today, man. I tell you what. <sighs> It's it's a toughie, you know, because this is a game that the Bills looked like they could have won. But if we're honest with ourselves, they were never going to beat the Chiefs. When this game showed up on the schedule, crossed it off as a potential W because they were never going to beat the Chiefs. They cannot score enough points. And the score was artificially lowered by the fact that the Chiefs were not passing the ball. The Chiefs could have hung 45, couldn't they have? Yeah, I mean, and we're going to go into the game. It's just, I mean, coming off two consecutive losses, I mean, I was on the uh, the uh, Bills Backers of KC podcast last week, and I predicted this as a loss um, after saying that I felt like we could beat Tennessee. And so coming off both these losses in totality, we're right where we thought we'd be at four and two. So, yeah, I mean – Going into the fourth quarter, we're down against the uh, Super Bowl champs by a touchdown. Anybody would have taken that. but And especially once uh, we recovered that fumble that eventually got overturned, I'm sure everyone got excited thinking, hey, we could come back and win this game. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it was the moment that caused me to jump out of my chair only to see in the replay that you know, his, his knee was obviously down and it was not an actual fumble. But for a split second there, <laughs> I I felt my blood pressure increase in right. a positive way. <laughs> right. And, and so, I mean, we got a lot to touch on with this and especially everybody wants to talk about Josh Allen. So, I mean, you asked, like, what did we learn? All right. Over the last two weeks, what we learned was a we're not in the upper echelon because the things that we've been talking about the last six weeks is we can't run the football effectively. Our defensive line is getting absolutely no pressure. All right. And we're not going to hang 40 points on good teams consistently. And so you say, well, what did we learn? The only thing, I mean, obviously I wasn't mad about last night. I knew we would probably lose. I just didn't want to get motorboat and ran out of the stadium, which we didn't. 
I mean, the stats looks bad. Giving up 250 yards on the ground is probably not good. But the fact that you held them to 26 no. points, that's all you could ask for. You would just hope that Josh Allen plays better. So the only thing that I've learned last night is that Josh Allen's not in the MVP conversation. That's the only thing that's changed. We're still in the driver's seat in the, uh, in the East. And uh, you just got to come out and beat the Jets and beat the Patriots after that. So we're right where we, we want to be right now. So the burning question that I have, though, if we take the first four games of the season and then take the next two, the Chiefs and the uh, the Titans, were we sold a bill of goods? Was the Josh Allen performance of the first four weeks of the season fool's no, gold? No, I don't think so at all. Because we we aren't because of the the shortcomings that we have, we're not Baltimore. And I'm sorry, I, and I, and I don't want to act like the sky's falling and all this. But now we done lost two, so now you got to get the real. We're like the doctor. When the doctor goes, you go to the doctor's office, he tell you your cholesterol's too high. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that, but we got to have the sit down. We're having a sit down. All right, and this ain't emotional. This is just the truth. We're not Baltimore. We're not uh, KC. We're not Tennessee. We're not Pittsburgh. All right. So those are the those are the creme mm-hmm. de la creme. That's the top four. We're in the next group. We're with the Raiders. We're with the uh, you know us, Miami Raiders. You know we're a middle of pack team in the AFC, which is fine. We can win the division with that. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. All I look at the last two weeks is we had an opportunity to show we could hang with them, and we couldn't for whatever reason. Now, Tennessee was more about injury, I think, than anything, all right? But with KC, I mean, we just didn't – I mean, Josh Allen regressed, and that's the most embarrassed. I, I wasn't mad last night. I was just more embarrassed because we don't get on national TV enough, and then when we do, you have to shine. So everybody's texting me, like, all right, we're going to see what Josh Allen looks like. We're going to see what Josh – and then he go out and lay an egg. You see what I'm saying? Like, you never want that. Like, when you, mm-hmm. I don't know if we playing sports growing up, but you know when you have your auntie and your cousins all come to that game once a year where all the family there, you want to try to shine that game. You don't want to go out and look like crap that game. You know what I'm saying? And so – for him to go out and lay an egg, it's kind of like I look crazy even mentioning him in MVP toss, and that's all we lost. It was pretty funny the way the game started out, and it sort of maintained that pace. The game started off with two incredibly errant passes by Josh Allen, and the third play, the throw hit John Brown in the face in what would have been a first down instead it clanked off of his face mask and that was one of those that was one of those things just like against Tennessee with the uh with the mm-hmm. interception on the first series where you stop and say ah oh, geez this is setting the tone for the rest of the day and it turns out it did you know Josh Allen was 14 for 27 and that's just under 52% yeah it it didn't look good, and the running game could not get off the ground. Devin Singletary, 10 rushes for 32 yards. Zach Moss, 5 rushes for 10 yards. Just awful. Meanwhile, on the other side, like you said, you had the Chiefs run for 245 yards in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 161 yards. Are you kidding Average me? almost, what, 7, 8 yards of carry, man. That was bananas. I guess my my question is, what ingredients 
did they look like they were missing the past two weeks, in particular yesterday? Because I have something in mind that you may not be thinking. I don't know if it's ingredients. I just feel like when you play the best in the league, you got to bring your A game, and we didn't bring our A game, and that's what it looks like. It's some things that were concerning. Like uh, when I text you earlier in the day when Sal te- uh, tweeted out that uh, that Cox and uh, Zimmer were going to be active and then uh, Trent Murphy and uh, Harrison Phillips were going to be he- healthy scratches. That seemed kind of peculiar, and I think mm-hmm. those two probably would have helped us in the run game. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I just think you took a gamble, and it makes it feel like that you're kind of kind of putting on this game to prove a point. You know what I'm saying? For whatever reason. Maybe Trent Murphy and Phyllis were, you know, didn't have a good week of practice. Well, I'm going to show everybody, it don't matter who you are, I'm going to make a point. But I feel like, watching the game, I feel like if if we, we stopped uh, Tennessee rushing attack, and your boy had like 200 and some yards rushing this past week, right, um, uh, Henry. And so I feel like if we could contain him, why couldn't we retain the rookie? So the only thing changed is Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips weren't active. So that seems like that backfired a little bit. So I kind of question the coach's decision on that. There's something to be said for trying to shake up your lineup, and I I understand why they want to do it. Now, they said that Trent Murphy was good against the run, but bad against the pass, and that Harrison Phillips has not really been good at either this year, but you know has really been bad against the run. So they said that they wanted a better pass rush against the Chiefs, which they absolutely did not get. So what is missing? The first thing I'm looking at is a one technique defensive tackle. Now, the best defensive tackles they have are at Oliver and Quentin Jefferson. They were on the field together for 19 rushing attempts and the Chiefs gained almost 150 yards. They gave up 7.8 yards per carry when those two were on the field in tandem and the eye test told it all the bills defensive line was getting pushed three five yards off the line of scrimmage and this was a chief's offensive line that had two backups in the game and a new starting center their offensive line has been in flux and they looked utterly dominant the entire game So are we talking about the Bills having a bad game or are we talking about a Bills defense that really doesn't have it in them to stop anybody? Well, we've been kind of seeing that and I guess time will only tell, Um, but I can see where you come up with that. But I tell you, man, it it comes down to next week, man. You got to move on to the next game and now we're going to face a Jets team uh, and Sam Darnold's hurt so or he's not playing. So now we're play, uh, facing uh, Joe Flacco. You got to beat Joe Flacco. Yep. We got to figure it out. So, uh, and then once again, on the podcast that I was a guest on with the uh, backers of KC, we talked about one of the things we talked about was, is it time for Frazier to give up uh, the defense to McDermott? And, and maybe that needs to change too. Uh, but we got to find ways to get pressure on the quarterback, man. And, and you talk about, well, Ed Oliver 
more than anything, it's like Ed Oliver is not looking like a first-round top 10, top 15 pick. You know what I'm saying? And we need right. him to become that. Mm -hmm. All right? And that's kind of part of the problem, too. He hasn't played to that kind of standard. So not only Mr. Stalatole, but having Ed Oliver just being a guy, that all hurts. You know what I'm saying? So Mario Addison, I mean, I feel like he played well yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So that's a great pickup, free agent pickup. Yes. He did his part, but when, you know, no one else is really doing it. And then once again, not having Matt Milano in there, also that hurts too. So you couple those things, man, and you give up 26 points. But once again, if you said a week ago, if we would have been doing a pod late last week leading into this game, and I told you we're going to have everybody but Matt Milano and our defense is going to hold them to 26 points, you would have took that 10 times out of 10. I know you would have. Absolutely, because I would have thought that the Bills will get back to their old ways of scoring 30 points a game. But they seem to be moving away from that. And Josh Allen, is he definitely has regressed. And that's to be expected from time to time. He will probably progress after this. After looking at this film, he'll realize, you know, his mechanics are off. His footwork isn't what it needs to be. He at times seemed to be pushing the ball more than just throwing it, missing some open targets. You know, these are things that he has fixed in the past. Now, why have they crept up again the past two weeks? That I'm not sure. I can't help but think that Josh Allen doesn't perform particularly well when he's under pressure. When things got hairy in the game against Houston in the playoffs, at the end of the game, you saw a lot of panic. In the game against the Rams this year, you saw a lot of panic in him. Is he panicking before the game begins when he's going into the games against the the upper echelon AFC teams? Now, there is something that can that can help out with that. And I believe that there's an ingredient that the Bills are missing this year. And I believe it's veteran leadership. I think that them losing Lorenzo Alexander and Kyle Williams it has actually been a much bigger loss than people believed it to be. And this is how I know. Because when you looked at the body language of the Bills players yesterday, it wasn't very good. Even when they were early in the second half, when things would go wrong, the players looked like they were dragging themselves. And then you had those two personal fouls, which were completely inexcusable, hitting players out of bounds. Why in the world would you do that? And that came from two normally very intelligent veterans who obviously were a little bit frustrated at that point in the game. And towards the end of the game, Stefan Diggs, when he got called for that false start, you know why he was, you know why he was false starting? Because he was sulking because he was dogging it, getting back to the line of scrimmage because he was like, Oh, well we lost. Why should I even try anymore? That is not what you want to see from one of the best players on your team. And that was inexcusable, man. And I had to feel all kind of tweets and calls today talking about that. And everybody said, well, that's who he is. That's what you knew you was getting when everything's going good and he getting the ball and he was leading the league in receiving yardage and we're winning. He said all the right things. But that last series, that was damning. 
and it's inexcusable as a former player, man, like you walking back and getting a flag when we're trying to go down and win the game. And granted, I mean, we were down nine points. We were down nine points. You know what I'm saying? So maybe he felt like we didn't have a chance to win. But I was thinking, okay, go down and score. Get all like you never know what could happen. Right. You go down and score, you get a an onside kick. Something could happen. Right. So that was that just and once again, man, I think that part is just him. Where I think the uh late hits um with T White and Poyer was that Poyer? Yeah, that was Poyer. Poyer. And T White, that's inexcusable. That's I mean, and once again, I don't know if McDermott we got to get these guys ready to play, man. And it just felt like from the offset, they weren't ready to play. And get and granted, the rain started coming down, especially as the uh, as the as the evening progressed. But the Kansas City Chiefs was playing in the rain too, and it didn't seem to affect them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So once again, man, we just lost out on a great opportunity to show the world that we weren't the Bills anymore. And then we just failed that test. I mean, we failed it the week before. But the great thing about it is, is sports is fluid, and uh, we got to lick our wounds and get ready for the Jets, man. And once again, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the Jets, but we have to beat the Jets. You know what I'm saying? So this this is a mm-hmm. better we beat the Jets. You know what I'm saying? And, and if not, it's going to be a whole different tone come next week on our pod. But beat them, you know, and then beat them. And then you got to figure out the way to beat Cam Newton and the uh, Patriots, man. They lost to Denver last week, this past week. So – you, you got to figure out a way. We got to get them on track. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen things throughout the season that can lend to this. And I just think more than anything, we just know we're not good enough at this point to beat some of the best teams in the league. And that's okay. Don't 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 forget about what we said in the beginning. I mean, everybody has us winning 9, 10, at best 11 games. Well, that means you're going to lose five. And that's okay. We lost two to good teams. You just got to find a way to beat the scrubs and then beat the teams that's right there with you. And we, and we essentially did. We beat the Rams and we beat uh, Oakland. So I'm cool with it. I mean, you don't really learn. Like, to me, you had everything to gain and really nothing to lose because then no one think we could beat Kansas City anyway. We just got to clean those things up that's worrisome and don't let it become a trend. Let it be a blip on the screen. And um, as far as Josh Allen goes, he needs to get back to the, the MVP-like dude and not revert back to the rookie guy. And I know and I was uh, we were texting throughout the game, man. I don't know if you heard the things that Troy Aikman, like mm-hmm. Troy Aikman was basically just dumping on Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? And then at halftime, Terry Bradshaw was laughing at Josh Allen. And I'm like, well – once again, then prove them wrong. Like, it's either you either take it, it ain't nothing to be mad at. Like, because I, I see people talking about that, like, oh man, forget you, F you, and you don't know. No, you either got to prove them wrong or you got to shut up and take it. That I mean, that's how I look at life, though. I mean, everybody don't look through that prism, but prove them wrong. You had every opportunity to prove them wrong, and you fed into what they thought. You know what I'm saying? So, only thing you could do is try to get better this week and regain that form. And here's the thing. There are ups and downs that go on in the NFL season amongst every team. Last year, the Chiefs lost two games in a row at one point during the season. Did that mean that they weren't going to become the Super Bowl champions? Obviously, that's not what it meant. 
we see this all the time. The Tennessee Titans last year, they ended up in the AFC championship game. They were only nine and seven. They lost seven games, but they pulled it together at the right time. This is the kind of thing that that can happen and does all the time in the NFL. Teams that have a hard time with the run defense figure out how to stop the run. Same with pass defense. Teams that have a hard time you know, blocking on the offensive line, they make some adjustments, they they play much better. And, you know, the issue is that in a lot of ways, the last two games really exposed the issues that the Bills showed in the first four games of the season. Or maybe I should say that the last two teams the Bills played exploited the issues that showed up the first right. four weeks of the season. Now it's on the coaching staff to counter those. It's punch, counterpunch, counterpunch right. the counterpunch. You know, you you're constantly going to have the other teams figuring you out. Whatever you did last week, they're going to figure out how to stop it this week. So how do you adjust what you're doing? How do you block better? Bills have not blocked well. And now it looks like Cody Ford is injured, Quentin Spain is injured, Brian Winters is a disaster. You know, what's going to happen on the offensive line? Ike Betker went in the game yesterday and <laughs> very first play he got blown up, which is to be right. expected. But is is this a guy who might find his way into the starting lineup due to injuries and outplay expectations? Let's see what happens here. But I am not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say the Bills season is over. I know a lot of people want to do that. There was a game yesterday that was ripe for the taking. They didn't take it. But that doesn't mean that the next time they're in this situation that they can't do it. They showed the first month of the season. They're a pretty darn good team, at least on offense. Yeah, and you talk about the offensive line and our injuries. And I and I meant to talk about this in our last pod. What about Wyatt Teller? Wouldn't he be helpful right about now? Yes, he would be. And he's the number one rated guard in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus and these days. And we gave him away for peanuts, dude. You know, and people say, well, maybe he didn't fit our system and blah, blah, blah. That ain't how, because remember we were talking about that in our last pod, talking about how you you give away guys and you don't want them to come back and bite you in the butt. I don't want to see Wyatt Teller graded as one of the best when that's the position we need. You see what I'm saying? And so now he's having success. That makes us look like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that's telling. But, yeah, we got to be able to run the football. I think, I mean, if you talk about arrows up, arrows down, I feel like our offensive line played great when it came to pass pro again. I mean, that's why we got to just throw the ball every play because, I mean, they gave Josh Allen time. He just couldn't hit the guys. And, I mean, he just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn yesterday, man. And and, and I, just, I just can't understand how you go from that good to essentially that bad that quick. And don't get me wrong, I understand Kansas City won the Super Bowl and Tennessee went to the AFC Championship, so you played two very good teams. But we looked like crap yesterday, and he looked like crap right along with it. And he admitted it. I mean, he said it. He said it in the post game. Hey, I have to be better, and for us to win, I have to play better. Well, do you think so? Because – Yesterday looked like the rookie Josh Allen. I don't want to see that anymore. I ain't saying that you got to play out of your mind like you did the first month of the year when you was made the uh, uh, 
NFL player of the month. You ain't got to look like that, but you got to look better than whatever that was yesterday. He could have had more time to throw the ball yesterday. And when you do get when you do get a pass rush on Josh Allen, when he starts running out of the pocket to his right, a lot of times his receivers are running with him and, and find themselves open. That wasn't so much the case yesterday. It seemed like Kansas City did a very good job of compressing their zone in that part of the field when Allen was rolling out. And also, a lot of times they had a spy on him, which meant that he wasn't going to hurt them with his legs too, too much. And, you know, he was was the team's leading rusher, and that is never a good sign. Uh, But on the throws where Allen had a decent amount of time, he was slightly more accurate, but he was missing the underneath throws again. That to me is the biggest issue is when you can't hit guys that are less than five yards away from you. That, that, that means that he's rushing, he's having mechanical issues, he's throwing from strange angles. He's got to get back to the basics. We, we need a better Josh Allen for this team to, to win. Also, they just they need to run and stop the run. It's it's ridiculous watching the amount of yardage that that's being given up. Now, going back to what I said before about the Bills never going to win this game, they weren't. Because if Kansas City didn't run it, they were going to pass it, and the Bills can't stop the pass either. So, you know, Kansas City could have run up, what, 45 points on the Bills if they wanted to? I, I'm, I'm totally convinced of that. But you got the Jets coming up. And what could be better than to face a team that is an utter disaster whose fan base is talking on a daily basis about their head coach getting fired? I didn't want to interrupt you real quick, but I want to go back to what you just said and acknowledge that this might be the first time in the Jamie D. Big Newt show that you and I disagree. Oh? You, You said you think that Josh Allen didn't have time to throw the ball yesterday? I don't think he had as much as he has had uh, earlier in the season when he had more success. I feel like the offensive line, when it comes to pass blocking, gave him plenty, more than enough time to throw the ball. You got to realize something. When they're, bringing, when they're bringing more people than you got to block, I feel like the running backs picked it up. The offensive line picked up. No one came scot-free. Half of that is Josh Allen holding on to the ball because he don't want to throw a pick. Okay. But when they bring it, if you got six people in the block and they bring seven, they pick it up, okay, and you throw the ball, and it that's on the quarterback. That's not on the offensive line. Right. You know, so in my humble opinion, not, not, not to be argumentative, but I feel like he had plenty of time to throw the football, and it wasn't the offensive line's fault. It was his accuracy, which led to receivers dropping passes because there were a couple of drop passes in there. But we talked, there were. But we talked about this before. Being a former tight end, when you don't know where the ball's going to go, you don't know if you got to stop, start. If it's going to be high, you're going to be low. That makes it hard on the receiver. That lends also to drop passes. And I think that was more than pertinent when uh, in the first quarter you were texting me. You was like, man, he looks horrible. 
And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe because it's raining, it's wet, you know, but that's why we drafted him because he got a strong – and you saw it too. Like that pass that he threw in the first quarter, the digs, the one that he almost brought for a touchdown, the long pass down the middle of the field mm -hmm. where he almost ran into the goalpost. He threw that in the rain. You know what I'm saying? That was a perfect pass. It just ah, almost got there, but he almost got him. So I think – all those things are coupled in. So I, I feel like the offensive line gave him more than enough time to succeed last night when it comes to passing. Now, the run block is a different story. We stink from <laughs> run blocking. But as far as pass, bro, once again, if we if we were that – and I don't – because I said this a couple of weeks ago, and people brought me to Taz, brought me to the carpet on it. If we had Sam Darnold, I feel like we would have beat them last night. Now, I ain't saying I want to trade or nothing crazy, but his he reverted back to that rookie Josh Allen last night. And we haven't seen that this year because he played four great games, one okay game, and last night was a terrible game. You see what I'm saying? It was a stinker. It was, a, it was stink buckets. So if we would have had somebody who's capable passer, and, and man, like I said, man, if you just listen, I know a lot of you all don't listen to like Troy Aikman and them, and especially if he say something you don't want to hear, they mute him. Like my father-in-law's good for that. If he don't like an announcer or he feel like he's digging into his team, he'll just mute him. I listen to everything he said because he said, I didn't like Josh Allen coming out of college. He was accurate, and we're seeing it now. And I'm like, come on, John. Like, I'm rooting for him because not this is like your guy. So whether you like him or not, you want to cheer for him because you want him to succeed. You don't want nobody bashing your guy. But last night, he was everything that they said he was. And it makes us look crazy because we got on here saying, no, Josh Allen's not that guy anymore. He didn't got better. Now, is it one game? Yes, it's one game. But he got a great opportunity this weekend to get back on track against the Jets. Once again, he bet to win that game. And he bet to play well. Because if he can't beat the Jets when they're 0-6 and he can't outplay Joe Flacco, we have problems at that point. That's when you hit the penny button. Joe Flacco and Adam Gase, the head coach, is, well dead man walking over there. Yeah. There's absolutely no way Adam Gase is going to make it to another season as, as the Jets head coach. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets let go before the season is over. Although I don't know what that would actually accomplish because if they continue losing, well, you know, they're going to get a better draft pick and who knows? Uh, do you, if they end up with the number one pick, do you draft Trevor Lawrence and give up on Sam Darnold? And we we talked about that on their podcast last week too, man. It all depends which way you want to go. They they're saying that Trevor Lawrence is like a once in a generation type talent, uh, can't miss type guy. So when you talk in those terms, I will understand if you moved on from Darnold. But man, I tell you what, man, it's a lot of teams that could give you a boatload of picks. So if you're willing to get, like, if someone's willing to give you two, three first round picks, two, three second round picks to move up to that number one, you could build your roster and build a dynasty with that. Think about that Herschel Walker trade when he came over, um, when he left Dallas and went to uh, Minnesota. They gave them all those picks, and that's what helped build that dynasty that we saw in Dallas in the 90s. If you could get a haul like that for this number one pick, I would keep Darn uh, Sam Darnold, build that roster up with all those future picks, and then try to win that way. Or you get the number one pick, and maybe you'll get a first round or two for uh, Sam Darnold. I know I have friends down in New Orleans that say they'll give up a, a multiple first round picks for Sam Darnold because he's good. 
You see what I'm saying? So it all depends on which way you want to go with it. Me personally, if I was them, I would trade that. I would keep Darnold because I think very high in him, and I would get all those picks and build my roster. So after this upcoming game against the Jets, what what are we going to be talking about? What do you think is going to end up being the storyline of that game? I hope is this uh, Josh Allen gets back on track and uh, mm-hmm. after a blowout win versus the Jets. That's what I'm hoping. And that's at the best case scenario. Worst case scenario, somehow we lose and he play bad again. And and at that point, it's gonna be the sky's falling. You know, and I and, and if you listen to the shows, a lot of people feel that way now after not beating two good teams. And I get it, man. Hey, you know what I'm saying? We're a reactionary uh society. Uh, we like hot takes and everything. People are pissed off. Maybe they thought in their heart that, that we could beat the Chiefs. You and I never felt that way. We were very we we're very realistic in our predictions. But yeah, if we lose to the Jets, man, I unless we turn it around, I'm gonna be like something needs to change. Not like nobody yep. firing or nothing, but I'm just saying, all right, we gotta figure this out. It would feel like the ship is sinking if they lose to the Jets, but I'm with you. I'm confident that we're going to see uh, another 300-yard passing yards day from Josh Allen, and and you're going to see Diggs go over 100 receiving, and hopefully the defense is going to step it up a little bit. They really need to start getting a few more turnovers. That That's going to help matters, but the Jets are the right team at the right time. Now, they're playing on short rest for the second week in a row. That does not help. Okay. It's not an excuse, but that doesn't help. So let's hope that they're not too affected by it and that Sean McDermott is able to maintain the locker room. Now we saw it in year number two when when the Buffalo Bills were were not good. They won five games and they were still fighting hard right to the end of the season. And that's because that's because McDermott was able to keep the locker room. Now, it was mentioned earlier, maybe the lack of veteran leadership is going to prevent that this time around. Maybe, maybe Stefan Diggs is a bad apple and he's poisoning the well here. But I doubt it. I, I sincerely doubt it. I, I think it was a one-off where he was sulking and dogging it on the field. His coaches will get through to him this week, and maybe the other players will. Maybe Josh Allen will have a heart-to-heart with him. But I think that we're we're looking at a much better game coming up on Sunday. Well, I hope we. I certainly hope so for uh, Bills Mafia, man. Because I tell you, man, we lose this game, it might get ugly. I was gonna say, did you see that uh, to uh, Tua T is getting the starting nine down in Miami? Is he really? Yep, it came out about an hour ago before the recording. But yeah, uh, they're moving on from Fitzmagic at three and three, second in the division, and putting the rookie in. So this is their bye week. So I, maybe that's the reason why they're making the move. But I just don't understand the way Fitz is playing, and you're at five hundred. You're in striking distance of a, a division title. Why you would make that change right now, unless Tua uh, is playing? outstanding in practice and we're not privy to that information i think you're going to find that Tua is going to be the best quarterback in the afc east for years to come and you know if they're dropping if they're dropping fits to back up what do you what do you say letting go of matt barkley bringing fits back as a backup hey 
I wouldn't have a problem with that. I love Fitz, man. I love Everybody loves Fitz. How do you not love that guy? I love that guy, man. I would be happy. I would be more than happy with that, but I don't know. We'll see. He's both my my favorite non-Bills player and my favorite former Bills player who's still in the league. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to think on that. <laughs> hey, I just I, I just like Fitz. The Amish rifle, man. That's my guy, man. I mean, I'm not necessarily want him as my starting quarterback, but I love the guys Maxie, Boxy, man. No, you you don't want him playing any more than three games for you, right? Exactly. <laughs> if you can help it, exactly. But anyway, no matter how that Jets game turns out, Jamie D and Big Newt will be breaking it down for you and previewing the Patriots game. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. You can join us in the action on Twitter. Reach out to me. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. Big Chris Newton is at, give it to him. Big underscore Newt. Get out and talk to us and give me a song, buddy. Hey, 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 and go vote. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.